Welcome back to the Sporting Ones podcast series with Rowan Hados. Episode 15, our final one before our break for a couple of weeks. We're looking at the AFL in this one. And Hados, it would have been a very happy weekend for yourself. It was, mate. Uh, pretty much everything went according to plan and even better than I expected. And here we are now. West Coast are in a grand final. They've got a really good chance of taking it home. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, look, I got that uh, completely wrong. Melbourne were rabbits caught in headlights, and it couldn't be said any more than that. As soon as uh, I got the feeling it was going to be one of those days, as soon as Lewis handballed into the middle of traffic in the forward line and Josh Kennedy kicked the first goal, I thought then it was West Coast how much, and that was the first goal. Uh, And from then, it just got horribly, horribly, horribly worse. And for mine, this this is the type of prelim final loss that can set a club back a fair bit. Yeah, um, as good as West Coast were, Melbourne were just awful, as you said. They just missed so many handballs, which is just unlike them. They didn't have that presence around the ball, which we all thought they would. West Coast beat them in contested possession, and it was a bit of a training drill. As soon as they dropped it off, West Coast just picked them apart like flies. They've got a really diverse and strong forward line you can kick it to any one of those guys and expect them to finish off the job. And it was pretty much as simple as that. As soon as it was half time, Melbourne hadn't even scored a goal and it was just a procession. And even it, you, could, you could see it because the arrogance of the uh, Frenchman in Lacroix just dribble kicking from 45 metres out, which was to the Chiefs' disgust, and uh, saluting to the crowd. And that was halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, uh, it was just a really bad day for Melbourne. Um, and. Uh, it should give West Coast a lot of confidence. Um, that's the same sort of game that we're going to need to play against Collingwood. They've got a really strong midfield and a strong Ruckman. Um, our Ruckman just nullified Gorn. He wasn't the same player that he had been for the year. Maybe he was a little bit underdone. There was that li- little bit of a question mark over him. Um, and it's on those boys, again, Lysette and Vardy we speak about, to do it against Grundy, who's the form Ruckman of the game at the moment. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm backing us in to win. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll say is that uh, similar to Lacroix, Treadray did a similar type of uh, bow to the crowd against North Melbourne in 2007, and uh, that ended horribly for Port the next week. And uh, it can be that if a side does play a prelim final like that, it can come back to haunt them the next week. You'd almost prefer, like, uh, Collingwood Geelong five-point uh close one uh, in 07, similar along those lines. But um, it's going to be tight. It's going to be a fantastic grand final. For mine, it comes down to you have to break even with Grundy. Yeah, absolutely. And that was pretty much what we said about Gorn. Um, So I think they can do it. Grundy does have that amazing aerobic capacity. He stays on longer than probably any Ruckman in the competition. And he's just so mobile, so athletic. Um, but having said that, I mean, Lysette, has, he's got that similar ability, obviously not to the same level, and then Vardy comes in and takes care of the rest. So, yeah, uh, that's where it's going to be won and lost for me, um, sorry, as well as the midfield, because um, our, our forwards simply are just so diverse and so much better than any other forward line in the competition at the moment. They've got a really good run of form, and Collingwood's defence is not as strong as they would be liking just due to those uh, those injuries. 
But yeah, I mean, it, it comes down. This this is an interesting stat. Since two thousand and one, four sides that have played off in the qualifying final, that have then played off in the grand final, the side that lost those games has gone on to win the grand final. Yeah, and uh, West Coast have been on the end of that, both sides of the tail in uh, 05 and 06. Um, also 2015, Hawthorne yes, yes. lost to West Coast over in the West. All right, well, that's and enough then, of that stat. Let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's look at something else, more the Kennedy and Darling combination, which hasn't been beaten this year. That's true. Um, now, we'll move on to the other prelim final. We alluded to it, but we weren't game enough to back it in. If Collingwood bought, bought their best football, they had every chance of beating Richmond. And that they did. They polarised them from the start. They absolutely got off to a flyer. Richmond didn't know how to handle it. Perhaps Asprey's um, illness did come into it a bit. It meant the Rams had to play a sort of unnatural game, didn't have as much trust in Asprey, and therefore Mason Cox absolutely ripped them a new one. They had no way of stopping him. Sidebottom got off the chain. Grundy was just a, a mammoth, which we alluded to. We alluded to that. If if Grundy was beating Nankovis and then they had to bring on Sean Grigg, well, then it was going to be a Collingwood win, and it proved to be that, and by more than what we expected. Yeah, and interestingly enough, though, I thought Nankervis started really well. He had a few good uh, acts uh, right at the start, and then you maybe thought, okay, Grundy's not going to have the same influence that we thought. Um, that quickly turned. Um, and for me, there's no bigger player in the competition to their team than a fully fit Dustin Martin. He was not fully fit. That was a risk, but he was always going to play. Hardwick said if they if they had the option and it wasn't a, a prelim final, he wouldn't have played. What and, we've what we've learned from this though is if you've got injured players, and, and I know how big that Dustin Martin is to Richmond and how big Max Scorn is to Melbourne, but what it shows is if you have got those injured players and they're not and they're fifty fifty, you almost have to go with a fit player over them. Yeah, there is an argument for that, but like I said, Dustin Martin is so important. Um, I wouldn't wouldn't know where I could uh, say what percent he was at, but he wasn't at a hundred percent, and uh, that was the difference. Uh, he couldn't go in the middle and just change things like he does. He was handballing rather than kicking, so um, yeah, underdone. And as you said, it was really the Mason Cox effect. He just had an absolute blinder. And just threw out all of Richmond's plans because they wouldn't have expected Cox to be that tall, contested marking presence that he was. And uh, West Coast defenders are going to have their hands full within this week with that sort of form. But then also, we're, we're underestimating the job that Jordan Go- Degoe did. He exploited Rance. When Rance was on him, he Degoe made him pay. He kicked four. He was just as pivotal as Mason Cox, but he's probably forgotten a bit in everything um, with what's going on. Uh, with Mason Cox and his content, 11 marks, 15 disposals, three goals. Degoe kicked four and was just, if you let Degoe off the chain, he will hurt you and he will score goals. Yeah, definitely. That was a huge matchup, as you said. And, I mean, Degoe even outmarked him a number of times. And maybe it just shows that Rance is better as that floating player, but he wasn't able to do it just because Asprey was a little bit underdone also. So, yeah, maybe they hurt themselves a little bit at the selection table. Maybe not, but um, yeah, hats off to Collingwood. They uh, pulled off a pretty miraculous win there. Yeah, I'd love to know, and it could come out in the coming weeks, just how underdone Dustin Martin was, not just for this game, 
but for the whole season. Because for me, despite um, the Brownlow medal and him being third favourite, he just was not at the same level or anywhere near the level that he showed the previous season. Yeah, that's probably fair. He did have an awesome season, as we know, last year. He still had enough of those games to uh, warrant, in my eyes, being uh, one of the favourites for the Brownlow. Um, but yeah, definitely didn't hit the same heights, and maybe there was some sort of uh, niggle that he had to manage throughout the year that he didn't have to the previous. Now, just moving away from the AFL for a second, I just have to. We just have to do a quick recap of the SNF Grand Final because that, for mine, was a game I would watch over and over and over again because it was two coaches who were bold enough in a Grand Final to attack each other. Not play this defensive crap that Sturt and Port played the previous season, where it was 50 to 49. This was the highest scoring grand final since I was born in 1983. Now, both coaches deserve credit. Jared Cotton's been a fantastic coach for Norwood the whole season. Probably unlucky um, that he came up against a uh, rampaging side in North who had momentum uh, through the finals, despite the controversy that ensued them in the prelim. Um and Mitch Grigg was just an absolute beast. I, I still don't understand or can fathom why he was delisted because he ha- he has elite foot skills and he is an absolute beast of a footballer. And with this new rule coming in with Carlton and Gold Coast uh, getting access to a player outside the state league, he will get picked up. Yeah, if he doesn't get picked up, then, I mean, I don't know what recruiters are thinking. Um, touching on it, I think Josh Carr... Your hat's really got to go off to him because uh, Norwood were definitely the favoured team. They had, um, you know, all the all the punters behind them, and North were just brave enough to back themselves in, and uh, they had a really good start. They were really efficient going forward. Um, probably Norwood's inaccuracy in the second quarter. They they really got on top there, but they didn't put North away. And then in the second half, it was really just uh, a bit of a shootout. A lot of momentum swings here and there, but North were just uh, too good on the day, and that's pretty much all you have to put it down they to. They just made the right moves in the last quarter and got the right, um, just made the right decisions in the heat of the moment, and that's what won them the grand final, that's for sure. So that was a great grand final, and uh, ironically enough, they won by 19 points and kicked 19 goals. Yeah. So um, What a story. It yeah, is, that, though, right? that, oh. that is just a brilliant story. So, uh, well, brilliant story for some, not for others. Others will be bitter, as we know. Yes. But uh, well done to North on winning the grand final. So just a quick, uh, not a rate it or hate it, but just a quick go over the trade rumours. Lincoln McCarthy has requested a trade to Brisbane, so they will have to get a trade done. As for what pick, you'd probably think a late second rounder, maybe early third. Yeah, Uh he probably doesn't have as much trade currency, just given the fact that he hasn't been able to stay on the park. So, uh, yeah, buddy, we will have more opportunity at Brisbane. Tyson Stengel to Adelaide is one that won't go away. Uh, one of the Tigers' small brigade, but hasn't been able to break in this season. Been kicking goals in the VFL. I think he got 33 goals for the season. So Adelaide are looking at him, and probably as a replacement for Charlie Cameron, I would say. Yeah, okay, Uh It'd be uh, remains to be seen if he has that sort of Charlie Cameron class because if he did, he'd be playing. I think that's pretty much uh, how it is. But as we know, Richmond do have a really strong team and it's hard to break into. So there's going to be a few of those players that can't get regular action that will look elsewhere. One that blew up on social media over the weekend was uh, Mitch Duncan of Fremantle. He's a WA boy, so it does make sense in a way, but you'd... you'd 
it's a strange one if you're Geelong trading away Mitch Duncan. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it doesn't make sense at all from Geelong. Maybe the issue is salary cap. Um, I'm not sure where his contract lies, but uh, he will definitely get a better contract at Fremantle and deserves a better one. So maybe there is that that feel uh, for him. Yeah, another one that came up today, uh, just very much today touched on. Um, Brad Crouch to Richmond, bit of an interesting one. He hasn't played all season, but um, maybe he's looking for a move away. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, he plays with his brother, so I can't imagine why you'd want to leave that. Uh, Adelaide picked him up uh, as a 17-year-old in that super draft that they had access to, um, so he doesn't know any other way except for Adelaide. But, I mean, if Richmond come calling, they're in a pretty strong premiership window at the moment. Maybe they see him as a replacement for Trent Cotchin, who just fell away this year for me. Didn't have the same influence that he did uh, last year also. So, um, yeah, a bad move for, for Adelaide, but if he wants to go, then maybe they got to let him. And two players just looking for uh, maybe more opportunities elsewhere, even though they had both signed new contracts at the end of last season. Cal Amon is one looking for more opportunity, um, probably in Victoria. And same with Jeremy Finlayson from the Giants, which is a bit surprising given he did play the first nine or ten games for the Giants but then fell away a bit. So both of those are looking for opportunity elsewhere. Whether the clubs will come knocking for them is another matter, though, because they are more fringe players, as we say. Yeah. Um, Finlayson does have a little bit of versatility to him, so uh, there are probably a number of clubs that could see him as a bit of a swingman option. Um, Carl Amon, I mean, yeah, he's not cracking the Port Adelaide team, but is he really knocking the door down? I don't know, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, okay. Now we'll move on to the big dance, the grand final preview Collingwood versus West Coast at the MCG this Saturday. You're absolute pump for it. I can sense that. Collingwood at $1.67. Uh, I find that a bit strange that they're that strong a favourite. Maybe just because it's at the MCG. West Coast two twenty five. I'd expect that to come in a bit uh, later in the week, probably to about $1.80 to $2, I would think. I think that's more of a fair reflection of where both sides are at. The line's at 7.5 at the moment. At a dollar ninety-two, and unders and overs is at one sixty-one point five at a dollar ninety. So there's a bit of value there, probably in the unders and overs. Uh, maybe the line, not really convinced on that at the moment. So that's going to be an interesting um, subplot. So where do we lie? Where are the strengths of both sides, and where are they going to win? Uh, well, Collingwood, they have a really strong midfield, and they bat pretty deep. Um, and they do have uh, a handy forward line. Um, Maya Cech, he, he creates a contest and um, does all the right things for a defender made forward, um, but I just don't see them just having enough threat to quell the uh, the influence of Jeremy McGovern, Barras. They're really good, strong overhead intercept markers, as we know. Um, probably the one thing leaning in Collingwood's favour is no Brad Shepherd. He would have gone to Dugowie. And he would have done a, a really good job because he is uh, all class. Brad Shepard is a huge loss for them, uh, for West Coast, that is. So, uh, yeah, maybe Collingwood will be liking their chances there. How do you see them winning the game? Look, I think with Collingwood, they've got to learn a little bit from their match that they lost. And, look, you do probably learn more from your losses than your wins. And I think if they are to win this, they have to. And, I, and I've said this so many times when playing a West Coast side, you have to lower your eyes. If you're going to kick it in long and deep... 
don't even worry about winning the game because you won't win it because McGovern just chops it off every time. He's the best reader of the ball. It's the reason why he's had the most intercept marks over the last three seasons. It's not luck. It's how they play, and it's how he plays. So they have to lower their eyes. Mason Cox is actually better on a lead than as a contested mark. So look for him. Look for those leads. Look for those running lanes like they did against Richmond. To get to Goey on the lead, get to Thomas on the lead. They've got those forwards that do lead. They've got the ball users to do it. They've got Trelaw, they've got Pendlebury, they've got side bottom. Now, one of those is going to get tagged. There's no doubt about that. Hutchings is going to put his clamps on one of them, and it's more likely going to be side bottom. Yeah, I think side bottom is more crucial to Collingwood than Pendlebury and than Trelaw. Yeah, I think um, side bottom just finds that space, and he still has that class of composure in close as well. So, uh, Hutchings went to him last time, and I see no reason to change that tactic. I mean, maybe if uh, Trelaw gets off the handle, you'd make the move there. But, uh, yeah, it has to be side bottom for me. And Collingwood are just going to be hoping that Cox has that stellar game from uh, from last week. Much like Pendlebury, side bottom to me, and this is a big call, has that big, has that time and that space. Much like reminiscent to me of James Heard. Look like they've got all the time in the world, and they make the right decisions. Yeah. But for me, where West Coast win it is they can exploit Collingwood's defense. It's a no-name defense. It's served them okay over the last couple of weeks, but they really do miss a Lyndon Dunn when they're coming up against the Kennedy and a Darling. Yeah, definitely. Um, Goldsack did a pretty good job on Kennedy last time, but Kennedy was coming off a long layoff. He's had that two weeks now to blow out the cobwebs. He looked pretty good last week against Melbourne. He's... uh, an absolute powerhouse. He wasn't really taking those big contested marks. Not exactly his game, but get him on the lead, and he is uh, absolute quality, as we know. Um, also, West Coast midfield is so underrated. Like They don't have the big superstar names, and they're missing Gaff, um, but Shuey... Dom Sheed has just stepped in beautifully as that gaff replacement. Jack Redden's had a fantastic season. Yep, he has. He, he's got back to that form that he had in Brisbane. He's been really, really uh, at, at a top level for West Coast. He's flown under the radar a bit, I think. Yeah, definitely. It probably took him about a month, maybe uh, five or six rounds to really get going, but he has been sensational since and then. And he really gets in the face of his opponent as well. Yeah. He, he loves the battle. And he finds space. He gets a lot of uncontested marks. He's a lot. He's a little link in the chain, which is um, West Coast game plan to a T. Yeah, he's that midfield forward link type of player. Yeah, and Elliot Yo. I mean, he's just such a presence. He can do it in the air. He can do it contested. He can kick long. He kicks goals. Um, the main thing I've been impressed about Elliot Yo this season, we've known his talent for a while and we've known his potential. It's the fact that he's now taken that consistency yeah. week in, week out to do that. And that's what he's done this season. And that's what separates this season from previous seasons for Elliot Yo. Yeah, and um, the forward line for West Coast, I mean, it was a little bit of an issue just being so reliant on Kennedy. Darling has had an awesome season. He has been a little bit flat. So I, I did notice th- this last game, though, after the couple of weeks he's had, he looked like he was back on song as well with Kennedy. Yep. And, I and that's, I... that's huge. To have them both up and running, that's that's when West Coast are at their most dangerous. Yep. And I can see him just having an absolute blinder here. He did have a little bit of stage fright in that grand final. Oh, he, let, let, let's not sugarcoat it. He had an absolute nightmare. Yeah, probably. But he can learn from that. Mm, and definitely. there's 12 other players who played on that day 
who will want nothing more than to rectify that. And Luke, and Luke Shuey, if he gets a chance in the pocket again, what do you think he's doing? Passing. Yes, <laughs> I think so. So um, he'll be wanting to rectify his form as well. So I'd, he could be a real smoky for the um, Norman Smith Shuey. He's been, he's been flying under the radar as well. He hasn't had a, as good a season as what last season was. But I reckon he could be just prime for a big grand final. Yeah, the only thing is he does have that little niggle in the ankle. Um, he copped a few uh, knocks there, one right after the other, which was annoying for West Coast supporters. But uh, he has shrugged off any concern. And let's face it, it's a grand final. They're going to jab him up if he needs it, and he'll be fine. And, uh, yeah, just getting back to West Coast forward line, I know I'm going on about it, but... You're excited, I can tell. Liam Ryan, Willie Rioli, they have really stepped up this year. Uh, I know it's Ryan's first year, but Rioli was in and out, but he just looks like he finds space. and They're, they're both X factors. That That's are. huge. They they can turn it on, and, look, they found loads of space at, at uh, Optus Stadium. And if there's one thing I've noticed, and... It's been pointed out to me. The dimensions are very similar to the MCG now. So that makes it crucial. And they did beat Collingwood last time. They played at the MCG. Now, the player I want to single out from your side, which hasn't been talked about, and he is a big finals player, and if anyone knows that, it's myself from last season in that elimination final. It's Lewis Cheddar. Yeah, and... You know, it's that raking kickoff halfback, the kicking over the zone, the 50 to 60 metre kick. He finds space quite easily and he gets off the chain. And and clubs forget about how damaging he can be. Yeah, and it's taken him probably two or three seasons longer than West Coast fans expected and Adam Simpson's expected. And the same could be said of Jack Redden too. Yeah, but I mean, he was strong enough to, to drop Jeddah a few times last season. And they've really found a role for him now, and he's he knows his role now. You know, before he was on the wing, he was running, but now he's he's offering a little bit of uh, creativity out the back. But he's not looking to score goals as much as he was. So um, that's a, a huge factor for me, and um, really like how he's going. All right, let's put it all on the line. I want your winner. I want the margin, and I want the Norm Smith. All right. West Coast, obviously, five goals. Whoa! And Elliot Yo, Norm Smith. Okay, that's uh, that's a big call. Maybe slightly biased. Uh, I'm coming from the neutral perspective. I like Collingwood at home. I like their momentum. I like how they've gone about things during the final series. I also like the Travis Farco story as well. So I'm going to go Collingwood by 15 points. I'm going to go Norm Smith. To be Brody Grundy. So going on from that, we're going to give you a bit of a rundown of the Norm Smith Medal. Who's your hopes? Who's not your hopes? But who's your who's your favourites and who's your value bets? So you've got side bottom at seven dollars for Collingwood. You've got Trelaw, Grundy, Pendlebury, all nine dollars. You've got Degoe at thirteen dollars, and then you've got Adams at seventeen dollars. Your value bets are Mason Cox at twenty six, and a bit of a bit of a strange one, but Jeremy Howe at twenty six. Yeah, um, I, I like Adams. I think he was really composed last game, and um, he does have that. Probably his career best game. We probably didn't touch on him enough. Yeah. He's a midfielder that also flies under the radar. Also, a bit like Jack Redden, that bit of a link, and also, again, likes that in-your-face type of play. Yeah, he was strong when he needed to be. He was composed when he needed to be. It was definitely one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Um 
I like him at seventeen dollars. I also like Trelaw. I think he is probably the one that's probably going to get off the chain a bit. Um, Penelope is pretty dependable at nine, as we know. And Dugowie with no Brad Shepherd there could be a huge factor. Like Thirteen bucks, yeah. yeah, definitely. He has kicked a, a bag of goals against West Coast um, and earned himself three Brownlow votes once before. Um, but we're going to be hoping that uh, maybe Shannon Hearn goes to him and, or even Schofield perhaps and uh, quietens him down. All right, so your West Coast bets for your Norm Smith medal. Uh, your man is the favourite, Elliot Yo at $9 from West Coast. Josh Kennedy at 10 Now, if he gets on the chain, that's uh, quite good value. Luke Shuey, as I alluded to, at 13 Then you've got Jack Darling, Jack Redden, and Jerry McGovern all at $15. And then uh, I put in a bit of a value bet. Like I said, my man, Lewis Jetta, at uh, $41. So your value bets, Mark Lacroix, the Frenchman. Uh, thirty-four dollars. He could he could just be the surprise packet. Jetta, as I said, at fourteen-one dollars. And if you like a tagger in a grand final, like Kane Corns in two thousand and four, even though he didn't win it, he uh, definitely went all the way to winning it by quelling Simon Black. Mark Hutchings at sixty-seven dollars. Yeah, Put ten on that, and uh, he comes home. You'd be a very happy man. Nah, save your money there. That's not gonna happen. Um. I reckon Liam Ryan. I mean, I'm pretty big on him, and he hasn't really won us a game yet, but he just has that ability. And now, I reckon he was about the same amount as what Lewis Jetta was, so he's value at 41. Um, first goal scorer. Now, last weekend, it was actually quite um, the obvious ones. It was uh, Josh Kennedy for West Coast, and it was Jordan Goey for Collingwood. Now, if you like Josh Kennedy, he's $8. And if you like Jordan Goey, he's nine, and they're both the favourites. Then you've got Darling at 10, uh, Myacek at 13, Mason Cox and Jamie Cripps at 15. But if you like a bill of value, uh, Travis Varco's 23, and um, your man that you seem to love a lot, Nathan Vardy's 23. I don't know if I love him. Uh, Oh, that's a bit of tongue-in-cheek. But, uh, yeah. uh, He went a long way to me loving him last week. Yeah, you seem to have turned the corner on him almost. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um... Probably Kennedy. Uh, I'm going to say Ryan again, though. He'd probably be in that uh, $13 bracket, I'd say. No, no, Ryan's Ryan's out more towards the Varco Vardy type of bracket. Mm, well, that's uh, worth worth a fiver. Yeah, no, more than worth a fiver. Probably put a ten on it. But um, yeah, so those are your first goal scorer and Norm Smith predictions uh, and bets. So th- there's a bit of value, and some of those will obviously come in closer to the event. So um, we've made our predictions. You're in the West Coast corner. I'm in the Collingwood corner, and this is going to be our final AFL episode um, leading up to the grand final. We'll have a bit of a rundown in a couple of weeks after everything's died down and when I'm back from my honeymoon until then good luck to your side i know you're pumped um and even though i am going for collingwood if west coast were to get the win i'd be over the moon for you mate thanks mate and uh, i still have a very small chance of securing a ticket which i'm going to put all my avenues into tomorrow um yeah, so that would be an awesome experience. And obviously, uh, it's also my birthday that weekend. Yeah, as well, so. so that would be a very happy birthday. And I have been to the 2004 Grand Final, so I know um, what the experience is like, and there's nothing like it. So I hope that you uh, get that same feeling. And the positive is you're going from Adelaide rather than Perth, so you're yeah. not slugged with a $2,000 round trip. Uh, even more than that, I think. That was one way. So uh, wow. Perth wow. Airlines set to make a mint and good luck to them. Yeah, exactly. And good luck to yourselves. And also, it is the long weekend. 
in South Australia, uh, Victoria, and uh, New South Wales, I think. So enjoy yourselves, enjoy the weekend, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks, probably with the cricket as well as the footy. Beautiful. We'll see you then. No worries. See you then, guys.